Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Time for School, Rock School, with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. It's that Rickenbacker 12-string, boom. Yeah, yeah. And Beth West. Now, as far as I know, you're one of the few females in the entire known universe that likes Rush. Oh, I am? Uh, you told me you like Rush, or you don't, at least I don't. Did? Am I Am I remembering that incorrectly? Yeah, you are. Oh, you don't like Rush? Class is in. It's the Rock School Radio Show, and believe it or not, the uh, show is not actually happening right now. It's not. No, it's uh, it's not broadcasting Why am I from here? the. It's not broadcasting <laughs> from the campus of Southeastern Louisiana University. It's actually spring break week here. Woo! And, uh, where are you not right now? I am not? not in Tahiti no, right now. No. I'm not. Unfortunately, on, I'm not on a cruise ship going somewhere. Not Carnival. No. no. I want the facilities to work once again. Uh, <laughs> who are you, my dear? What's your name once again? Beth West. I am Joe Burns, and for this week of spring break, that uh, I am not actually here, nor is Beth. I have brought along a friend, because you can see her sitting right here. <laughs> Not bad. Ooh, welcome See? to the show, friend. There you are. I've brought along my acoustic guitar here, actually my classical guitar. Does she, does your guitar have a name? Uh, no, I don't name my guitars. Okay. Uh, if you'd like, I can give it a name. Uh, the, this weapon's name is uh, Lucille, sir. Uh, <laughs> what I have done is decided since I'm not going to be here over the break, I might as well do a completely self-serving show and uh, do something where I can bring in the uh, the instrument okay. and play it's around. So, it's a show. It's a show. It's a show for Joe. It's a show for Joe, sure. And when it rhymes, <laughs> it's easier to remember. Many times you will hear, and guitarists will know this, and I know you're not a guitarist, and, and, and you need to start picking up an instrument. If you're going to be okay. on the show, pick I know, up an I do. Okay. Pick up an okay. instrument. I don't care if it's a tambourine and you join Josie in the pussy. <laughs> pick up an instrument, kiddo. Okay. Guitarists know this. Many times a chord or a specific run of notes, mainly a chord though, is known by the person who plays it. It is known as the something chord, or it is known as the something passage. It is known as what have you. And what I've done is collected all these chords, and I'm going to sort of play it. For example, this one right here, and I'll play it. I've decided instead of bringing an electric with all the distortion, if I do it on an acoustic, it'll be easy to hear the individual notes. Okay. This one right here... Is called an E seventh sharped ninth. Now, when we get further into the show, I'll tell you what all these numbers mean. Okay. But when you play them all together, you get this, generally known as the Hendrix chord. Okay. Okay. Why do people call it the Hendrix chord? If you play the bass note along with it, you get this. Well, that that makes sense. <laughs> right. It's known as the Purple Haze Chord, but most people call it the Hendrix Chord. It's it's also known by another name called the Jim Getty Chord. Okay, why the Jim Getty Chord? 
Jim Greddy is the guy who worked at a music shop in Whitechapel in Liverpool and showed it to George Harrison. Okay. It's it's it, some people also refer to it as a as, as the monkey fist chord because see how ugly my my hand looks when I make the chord. Yeah, but I wish I could describe it's scary. It yeah, is very monkeyish. You're kind of in a weird position when you do it. You'll hear Reminds it inside me of an Edgar of, Allan Poe story. <laughs> it's right. It's it's my uh, what's the <laughs> name of the bird? That's not even the person who. What's the name of the bird? The raven. Yeah, the raven. It's my raven. <laughs> You'll hear it inside of "Till There Was You." It's in "Taxman." It's a tonic chord that you hear inside of a lot of funk songs. But the big place you hear it is inside of "Purple Haze." So they call it the Hendrix chord, and that's the chord. So. For Rock School today, I have a lot of chords that go along with certain guitarists so and their certain signature, groups. Right, their signature chords. Their signature chords. So we're going to go through them all, and I have a few from classical music, and we'll play a little bit of that, and we'll go through the hour, and I'll tell you some people who are denoted to chords and actually play them and see if I can explain to you what all those silly numbers mean. It's Purple Haze first, though. It's Hendrix right here in Rock School. This is Rock School coming out of Purple Haze with Hendrix Corb. Are you familiar with the Beatles song Hard Day's Night? Uh, yes. Okay. I don't have a brain injury. At the, be- <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. at the beginning of the song, there is a chord that starts it off. It's that yeah. it's that Rickenbacker 12-string. Yeah, yeah. It's been a hard day. Of course. If you go on YouTube and simply ask, what is the opening chord to Hard Day's Night? You get again and again and again lots of people. Well, it's a this, it's a that, it's an F add ninth, it's a C this, it's a what have you. And guitarists go crazy trying to figure out what that chord is. People have asked Harrison again and again, what chord did you play? And he's like, I don't know. I think it might have been an F something. He's, you know, <laughs> they sort of made it up yeah. in the studio yeah. and then forward from there. Well, Randy Bachman who is and, and by the way there are also research pieces where like people who are into statistics and and music theory have tried to figure out what the chord is okay Randy Bachman who runs a tele or runs a radio show much like this one in Canada which is sort of a weekly but way inferior right you know it <laughs> right he had somebody figure out using a computer what the chord was okay and, and he still didn't come up with what he said the chord was perfectly. He said it's one of these two. It is either a G seventh suspended fourth with an A or a G seventh suspended fourth. Okay. Okay. What are those two things? Wait, hold mean? on a second. As a non musician, yes. right. it is fascinating to me All the that numbers. you don't know that you don't can't just know it. You just can't pick out the chord? Yeah. Well, when you hear the two chords, I think you'll hear the difference between the two of them. All right. But it's fascinating to me that you can't listen to the one that Harrison played and, be and like, just play it's it. that one. Right. Yeah. It's, As a it, non-musician, I don't understand the, the Here's the Here's the chord details. that Bachman seems to think it is. Okay. This is a G7 suspended fourth. Now listen to it. Okay. Doesn't that sound like the beginning chord? Yes. It's been a hot day is nine. Yes, it does. He also says it could be this, which is a G7 with an A. G7 suspended fourth with an A. Mm. I don't 
don't know. See, that's got a minor in there. Yeah, there was I'm something. I'm not so happy with that. I wouldn't know what to call it, but I would say there's something there that doesn't well, seem he, right. He put this note up top. He put that A up top, which yeah. turns it into this. Hear that A up right, top? Right, yeah, yeah. And that, that, that tends to... That does not sound no, right. That tends to make it minor, so I think this is more the correct chord. It feels right. Right. I G don't know anything about music, but that one feels right. It does. <laughs> G7th suspended fourth. That's what I think is the George Harrison chord, or as people try to figure out, the beginning chord of A Hard Day's Night. So I'll play it one more time, then right into the song, I think this is it. Well, I think that's the right chord. I think it's the G7 suspended fourth. I think Randy Bachman was correct. I well, think, my completely I think, uninformed opinion, agree, I agree with you. That's it. That's it. <laughs> All right. Okay, let's go up to where Randy Bachman is from. Let's go to Canada. Okay? We're going to talk about Rush. Now, as far as I know, you're one of the few females in the entire known universe that likes Rush. Oh, I am. You told me you like Rush, or you don't at least I don't did? dislike. Did, am I am I remembering that incorrectly? Yeah, you are. Oh, you don't like Rush? Oh, okay. Um, well, I'll continue I... forward with this anyway, sure. feeling bad about this. No, I respect Rush. Okay. Wow, that's that's dragging it out of you. All I right. respect. Uh, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. All right. In <laughs> no, terms please. of Rush, Alex Lifeson is in, in the world of chords, has a chord sort of named after him because he plays it all the time. You hear it if you like the Moving Pictures album. It's it's every chord he plays. In fact, I'll the chord I land on. Hear that one right there? Yep. That chord is a major minus the third. Every single chord... The, a major chord is made up of root, a third, and a fifth. And what he does is he loses the third. He gets rid of it. Okay. So instead of this, he does this. Hear that note? Yes. He gets rid of the third and throws an additional fifth in there. Okay. So instead of it going, it goes... It's a little more lush. It's a little, yeah, it feels a little bolder. Yeah, a little more pretty and all that. He, it's like a French roast as right, opposed he to does, a breakfast <laughs> That's right, instead of Maxwell House. <laughs> right. He he sort of opens it up with that. He's also known, that's that's he plays that all the time. As a matter of fact, if, if all you do when you play Rush, instead of playing majors, is play, like, uh, um, why can't I come up with it? Tom Sawyer. Okay. It's that minor third. It's all that chord. That chord is just played again and again and again. He does another thing where he plays a seventh chord like this, but then he takes his pinky and moves it up a fret to give you this sound. He adds a fourth to it, and you hear that a lot in his playing, and he moves it around. I don't know if you're familiar with the song Distant Early Warning, but I've you, heard, get, yeah. you get this. Yeah, 
that's how he gets that sound. And it's it's what he plays in a distant early warning is an F sharp seventh with a suspended fourth. That's this. It's the opening chord in the song Hemispheres. So an Alex Lifeson chord is any major chord losing the third to give that sound or a seventh chord moving up the seventh to a fourth so you get this. And in distant early warning, you get it moved around. And it's known as Alex Lifeson chords. So anytime you want to play Rush, do that, and you're almost there, and you end there. up yeah, yeah. And you end up with the same stuff. So that's okay. generally known as the Alex Lifeson. I feel like that chords. one was a little bit more involved. Made a little so more sense. I don't know. Yeah. It's a little no. harder for me to follow, but I think I got it. Okay. I well, think I got it. Let's see if we can't make it sound just like him by I don't know playing him. <laughs> Here's just an early warning. It's Rush on Rockstar. <laughs> of the plane There's no swimming in the heavy water, no singing in the acid rain Red alert, red alert It's so hard to stay together, passing through revolving doors We need someone to talk to and someone to sweep the floors Okay, first break here on Rock School. Now, again, not a musician, but nope. I'm sitting over here going G seventh, flatted sharp, third, sixth, ninth, twelfth. Okay. I'm gonna to try to explain the numbers to you and to the audience very quick. I want you to on your piece of paper write down okay. a C major scale. Write down C okay. D E F G A B C. Got it? Okay. Over top of those, write over top of the C, write one. Uh-huh. Over top of the D, write two. Uh-huh. Over top of the E, write three. And just simply write the numbers over top of it. Okay. So C is one, D is two, E is three. See how it's just over, it's got the numbers one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes. And then eight over top, it goes C again at yes. the end of it. Yes. And then eight goes over top of C. So if I play a C major chord, here's a C major chord. The first note I play is a C. What number is that C? One. One. The next note I play is an E. What number is that E? Three. Right. Next note I play is a G. What number is that? Five. One, three, five. Didn't I tell one, you three, that five. one, three, five makes a major triad? Okay. One, two, three. Then why don't you just say C, E, G makes a major triad? I could. It's just easier that if I'm playing in G, if I say one, one, three, five, you simply would write out a G major scale, pick the one, the three, and the five, and there's your three notes. If I was playing in A, you'd oh. write out an A major scale, pick the one, the three, and the five, there's your major. If I was oh. playing in B, write out a B major scale, pick the one, the three, and the five, there's your B major. Okay, See, that it, makes sense. That's the way you do it. Okay. Now, I want to play a C plus fourth. 
there's the fourth. Now, I don't have to ask you, or I don't have to tell you, look at your numbers. What note is the fourth? F. F. So all I did was play a C chord. The C chord is what three notes? It's one, three, five. Which are what three notes? C, C, E, G. And I added a? F, a four. Right. So I'm playing those three notes plus the fourth. Okay. That's what I'm talking about when I say that. So now I'm going to play a C major again, and I'm okay. going to play a C with a seventh. What note did I stick in there? B. That's it. That's what the numbers mean. Okay. When somebody's talking about numbers, that's all they're doing is talking about if I'm playing a C and I'm talking about uh, a seventh or a ninth. Let's say I'm talking about a ninth. A ninth. Now, blatantly, there's no nine on that uh-huh. scale, so which is why I had you write C again with an eight. Let's it say I had to... you write that scale again. Right. Well, what would be the what would be the note? D it would be D, but it would be a specific D. It would be a D an octave above the original C. An octave above. Yeah, okay. that's the reason. And there okay. are elevenths and there are thirteenths, and all it is is just keep writing the numbers. Keep, right. Just yeah. Write a whole other scale and go on. Okay. That's it. Like here's a like here's a, a G thirteenth. And all I've done is simply written out a G scale, and I've made a point of sticking a specific 13th octave up on it. That's where the numbers come from. And by saying I'm sharping or flatting something, like if I'm talking about a G, here's a G, I want to flat it. I'm going to move it down one fret. Watch. There, now it's flatted. Oh, okay. Here's a G, I want to sharp it. I'm going to go up one fret. There, I've sharped it. That's it. Now you know where the numbers come from. Ta-da! Oh my gosh! How about I that? just Two learned minutes. so Two much. Ain't nothing to it. I just learned so much. That's right. crazy. And, and on a guitar, it's frets. On a piano, it's keys. Mm-hmm. Now you, you you don't do just the white keys. You do the white and the black keys. Mm-hmm. But it's on, on the guitar, it's frets. On a piano, it's keys. Ain't nothing to it. And it's just that. Now we're dealing with C because there's no sharps or flats. If we were right. dealing with G, we'd have one sharp. If we were dealing with another, we'd have sharps and flats to deal with. But C is easiest because there's no sharps or flats. Why not? That's it. It's the way that music is written out. It just happens that one of them had to land with no sharps or flats. Think of a piano, no black keys. When you write, when you play a C major scale on a piano, you touch no black keys. You only touch white keys. Okay. The black keys are the sharps and the flats. Okay. That's how you do it. You don't get that on a guitar, which okay. makes it a much better instrument. Hello, <laughs> uh, Radio Universidad, Salamanca, Spain. Thanks for running the radio show. Hello, KSCL in... Shreveport. Shreveport. That's right. Get us Almost on. said centenary because well, that's a school. That's, it's a great place, though. It is a great place. Join us I on Facebook. There. Search Rock School Radio Show. And if you're a guitarist, you'll like us so much better. Back <laughs> in a minute on Rock School. Out of the break, we'll do one to get us bottom of the hour. Now I know we played Zappa about three or four shows ago, yeah, just but I'm going to play okay. him again. It's all right, because he has something that every again, if you play Zappa and uh-huh. you try to play something to make it sound like Zappa, and you're playing major chords, why can't I get it to sound like Zappa? Because he doesn't play major chords. He plays what are known as 
two chords. Once again, look at your chart there. C, D, E, F, G, the C major. If I'm playing a two chord in C, what note am I specifically calling for in C? Two? Uh, the two. E. Well, C, Wait. D. C, D. Right, right. The two, number oh, two. Oh, the two, not the second. Not the second note in a C major scale is D. So oh. I'm specifically calling for D. If you remember, I and said that. And you just told me that I was doing so well, and now yeah, I just well, got messed up. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? <laughs> If you're playing a C major scale, you're playing the one, the third, and the five. You're yes. playing, right? Yes. What he would do is get rid of the third in his majors. Okay. And he would play the second. Okay. He would just lose the third altogether, and the third being E, and he would play D instead of it. Okay. So every time he plays a major chord, not every time, but the majority, when he would play a, a major chord, he would lose the third and move it down to a second. So his major chord was one, two, five rather than one, three, five. Oh, okay. See that? So instead of this for C, this would be his C major. Okay. Again, more open, more airy. This mm -hmm. is D major. This would be a Zappa D. More open and airy. This is a G major. This is a Zappa G2. More open and right, airy. Yeah. Here's, a, here's an E major. Here's a Zappa E. More open and airy. All you do is get rid of the, the third pull it down so it's the second. It's okay. called a two chord, and it's what Zappa used almost for every one of his major chords. This is so hard for me because it's... Um, it's mathematics. It's, not that it's, well, it's hard for because I can hear the difference, but I don't have the ability to explain the difference. Yeah, it's, and it's, so it's all math. It is all math, but yeah, and then but the, I want to start saying things like, okay, well, that one sounds like... It's just like a bigger B that's the, like, yeah. I don't, like, open, not open a B as in B, like yeah. a B-E-E, -E, like a bug that's <laughs> Odd. Let's play a song. It is odd. I'm yeah. sorry. Here's Frank Zappa. Listen to the majors. Here's C. Here's C2. Same major, just no third with a second stuck in there. It's Cosmic Debris on the rock school. Mystery man came over and he said, I'm out of sight. He said, for a nominal service charge, I could reach Nirvana tonight. If I was ready, willing, and able to pay him his regular fee, he would drop all the rest of his pressing affairs and devote his attention to me. But I said, Now who you jiving with that cosmic debris? Oh, the real poncho is that a Sears poncho. Don't you know, you could make more money as a butcher. So don't you waste your time on
All right, we are way late past the bottom of the hour, but still I want to do seven days and 70 seconds. Why? Because we start on April 1st, and that's my wife's birthday. Oh, happy, happy birthday, birthday. dear. Aww. She's 26 once again. Yeah. Are we talking about the same woman? No, we're not. Uh, so these are the dates. Uh, once again, let's do the name. I'm Joe Burns. I'm Beth West. Okay, uh, these dates, April 1st all the way through April 7th. Let's do these. We'll come out with some more, uh, some more chords that are attached to guitars, and I have one that's... It's so hard to explain. I'm going to have to send you to YouTube, but I'll do real quick and get into the song. So uh, April 1st, let's have Monday go. April 1st, 1984, at the age of 44, Marvin Gaye died at the hands of his father. Gay Sr. shot his son with a pistol he had received as a present earlier that year. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. Uh, April 2nd, 1997, Joni Mitchell is reunited with Killarin, I think is how you pronounce it. Right. Killarin Gibb, a daughter she had given up for adoption 32 years before, and, you know, God bless you for doing it. God bless you for doing it. Go ahead. April 3rd, 1996, MC Hammer filed for bankruptcy. Yeah, it, and it's not bankruptcy like you and me. It's MC Hammer bankruptcy. Yeah. Right. Spent way um, too much on that giraffe. Yeah. April 4th, 1968, James Brown makes a national TV ex uh, appearance and appeal for calm after the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. April 5th, 1985, an estimated 5,000 radio stations around the world play We Are the World simultaneously at noon that day. And uh, April 6th, 1998, a group of 27 country music artists file suit against a guy named Jim Salmon who has registered all their names as internet domains. <laughs> no, can't do that, Jim. And uh, finally, on April 7th, 1985, the first Western act to perform in communist China performed the act Wham! Of course. Yeah, if you want to see it, the video for Wham's song Freedom documents their visit and the concert. So that wraps up 7 days and 70 seconds. Okay, we're going to talk about Dave Mustaine of Megadeth. Okay. It, this is so hard to explain on the radio. I'm just going to tell you, go look up Dave Mustaine and the Spider Chord. The, the Spider. Of yeah. course, that would be a chord by Megadeth. Sure. The, <laughs> the best one you want to look at is where he's explaining it to the ex-guitarist of Jane's Addiction. Look for that one because he shows it. When you're playing heavy metal music, you need to move the chords very quickly. So you very seldom play the entire chord. You simply pay the, play the root and the fifth, something like this. You only play two strings, okay. the root and the fifth. Well, if you watch my hand, Beth, it takes a lot to move my entire hand this way. Up and, yeah. Right, see up how down, the whole down, hand is down, moving? Yeah. Well, Dave Mustaine has found a way to play a chord by using his second finger and his pinky finger like that. And without moving his hand, then just drops Switch his first fingers. right. Now watch. I can barely do it. See how his hand that doesn't That requires move? an extreme amount of dexterity. It's unbelievable. And then he'll move his hand like that. Yeah, and just complete, like, right. two fingers on and then the other two fingers on. Right. And to get your fingers to move independently like that is almost impossible. And he seems to be the guy that invented it. So it's his first and third finger and then his second and fourth finger moving from the fifth position to the fourth position, but the hand itself never moves, giving him the ability to move half again as fast as any other guitarist. And thus, he can play heavy metal because he's so very fast. Quickly. Well, thrash metal because thrash he's metal. extremely right. yeah. quick. 
Watch him do it. Again, explaining it on the radio, almost impossible. You'll hear this in Wake Up Dead, Holy Wars, The Punishment Due, and we're going to play Wake Up Dead. Go on, watch him do it. I, my explanation did not do it justice. It's mega. I suddenly feel like See? I have an appreciation for thrash metal. About, oh no, they're very, very good guitarists. I especially, believe it. It's especially just... when you break down the fact that they're playing in a neoclassical and playing in broken chord scales. They're very, very good guitarists. Second break here on Rock School. Now, I've been doing only rock music and chords associated with people. However, this concept of associating chords with musicians or authors goes all the way back to classical days. Uh, you're familiar with Igor Stravinsky. I am. Yeah, you're probably whistling I'm a learned lady. Yeah, sure. There is something called the Petrushka chord. It's in uh, Stravinsky's ballet Petrushka and a uh -huh. lot of later music. Uh, again, all of these, all you have to do is go on YouTube and go ahead and put them up. Good luck spelling this stuff, but Igor Stravinsky's Petrushka, just come close and it, thank goodness for the internet. Did, <laughs> did you mean Petrushka chord? Uh, it's the yes. best thing about Google. I know. It's the best it's, spell check ever. It's two major triads, a C major and an F sharp major. They, they're played together and they clash horribly with one another and it's meant to basically explode out and shock the audience. It's called the Petrushka chord. Well, didn't Stravinsky cause riots yes. pretty much when he was oh, first yeah. played? Well, People don't realize classical music had that kind of effect. Right. There was a, a ballet that he put to um, one of his pieces on the uh, on the seasons, and it, it caused riots. It went along. The ballet was not pretty. And, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It wasn't pretty. It was, it was artistic. It was ugly, yeah. How there's, dare it be ugly? There's the Psalms chord from Stravinsky once again, Symphony of Psalms. It's a, a barking E minor triad that makes people uh, sound ugly. <laughs> there is also from Richard Strauss the Electra chord, which is in his opera Electra, which is uh, a bitonal synthesis of E major and F sharp major that makes people go uh, once again. And finally, one more, the Tristan chord, T-R-I-S-T-A-N chord. Like it's Tristan and old. Exactly. Yes. It's from that. You are learned, aren't you now? I am. It's the notes F, B, D, and G. And if you know anything about music, you put those together and it, it does like in when you see witches throw things into pots and that big <laughs> green poof comes out, those four notes together make a horrible sound. It's from Wagner's opera. Once again, Tristan and Isolde. Isolde. I wouldn't know how to say that. It's part of the leitmotif relating to Tristan. So yeah. them four goes with classical. Hello, KLSU. Thanks for running the radio show. Hey, new buddies. KPVL in Postville, Iowa. Yep. We're coming back with one of my favorite groups, Steely Dan and the Moo Chord. Really. The Moo Chord. <laughs> like I swear. M -O -O? M -M -U. Oh. M -U, the Moo Chord. Oh, oh, like. Moo. <laughs> back in a minute on Roxford.
right, coming out of the break, I promised you a little bit of uh, Steely Dan. Now, Kid Charlemagne of Steely Dan starts with generally the same chord as the Hendrix chord. That's that's generally the same chord. But the one chord you have to know for Steely Dan is called the moo chord. Moo, like now, a cow? M-U. Oh, okay. M-U instead of M-O-O. Here's its its basic thought process. It's much like the Zappa chord, but what you do is you add a second, but it's a specific second. It's the ninth. So okay. once again, you have that C major scale, yeah. D. D is the second. But if you take the octave D, yeah, it's, it's also the, the ninth. ninth. Yes. Right. So what they're doing is forming a chord, a major chord, with a suspended second stuck in there. But the chord also does not contain the third, but it's a specific two that's in there. What do they sound like? If you remember the entire intro to Deacon Blues, that's all moo chords. If you have ever tried to just sit and figure it out by ear and you're wondering why, because you can get the bass notes real quick. Okay, this is an F, this is a G, this is a, a C. And you can't understand why won't the chords sound correctly. If you're not playing moos, it's just not right. And yeah, that wouldn't be something that right. somebody it, would just normally, oh. No, you wouldn't come up with it. Uh, Black Cow uses it through the entire chorus, the entire Green Earrings where he says, rings of rare design, how the, the note seems to be one too high. Uh-huh. That's a moo chord they strike okay. right there. So, well, here's G major. Here's a G moo. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's a little more open. Here's C major. Here's a C moo. It's a little more open. Here's an E major. Here's an E moo. And this one is hard. Just had to pretty much like, that should be an Olympic sport. Yeah, your hand is open. Your hand is just yeah. like, Rawr. It's all weird. It, it Again, it seems more open. They're more complex major chords. And when you are a jazz player, like Frank, like Steely Dan, playing the major just isn't enough. You gotta sort of show oh, yeah. off you a little bit. Oh yeah, you have to show bit. off a little. Sure, it's 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 too it's too little for you. The song "Doctor Wu" from the album "Katie Lied." Does almost Wu? All moo, of course. Wu Moo. Wu Moo uses Wu. Wu Moo. Oh, Doctor Wu uses the Moo. That's right. He I'm does. gonna write a Doctor Seuss book about that. That's right. No more than fifty <laughs> words, dear. This is from Katie Lied. All Moo chords. It's Doctor Wu here on Rock School.
Okay, last break here on Rock School, and it's the last break a little early because the song we're going to play is a, a fairly substantial one. The only one that I haven't played for you, I actually play, haven't played a couple of them, Wes Montgomery uh, was known as the sliding octave guitarist. He would always play his, uh, his leads by playing uh, octaves together. So okay. every note he would play is doubled. Okay. And you hear that a lot today. People will do it. But he was sort of known for it. And I think he did it mainly. That's just my guess. I think he did it mainly for loudness. The guitars back in West, West Montgomery's time didn't have the amplification. So by doubling the notes. Right. Then you double the sound. Right. He could get it louder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tony Iommi, he had chords that. Who is that? He is the guitarist for Black Sabbath. Oh, okay. And he would play. That's an, right. right. He would play an that E, <laughs> and instead of then barring his chords up the neck, he would simply slide the E up the neck. That okay. kind of thing. And by keeping the the lowest note, the E on the guitar, or wherever he's tuned his guitar down mm-hmm. to, the guitar would always sound brah 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 brah. Would always sound strong. And it was something he would do. So every chord would sort of be a fifth chord. Just draw, 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 always strong. <laughs> now, the one we're going to finish on, there was an entire thread, an entire, what would you call it, uh, book set aside online, uh, notebook, guestbook, what do you call those things, uh, where people all can comment on the same oh, a thread. thread. Yeah. A thread, yeah. A thread on a forum. Right. They were trying to figure out what was the Jimmy Page chord, the chord that was associated with Jimmy Page. This is what guitarists do. This is why we don't (laughs) date very much. Some people said it was this chord. Some people said it was this chord. The chord that sort of rose to the top was the diminished seventh chord, which is this one. It's, It's a chord that he plays a lot. It can fly all over the place. And it's played in 10 Years Gone. It's cool. It's ugly. It's in the Wonton song. It's it's all over the place. The Diminished Seventh is played a lot by him. It's in Achilles' Last Stand. Uh, oftentimes it's written incorrectly. It's just cool and ugly, and it, it's kind of <laughs> like known by him. Cool and ugly. It is. A, it's yeah. a, it's a, 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 a chord that... You don't jump to immediately, but when you hear it, you kind of go, oh, that's Paige. Yeah, Jimmy. That's Paige. Yeah. yeah. And then probably people who don't know anything about music will still be able to pick it out based yeah, that's on Paige. that. That's yeah. Him. That sounds like Zeppelin. So we're going to finish up with 10 Years Gone, which uses the chord. So that wraps it up. I get to go put the guitar back away. Enjoy the rest of your break. I'm Joe <laughs> you Burns. Too. I'm Beth Lass. That's it. Class is dismissed. <laughs>